Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. A very gifted young man, a talented preacher, uh, a very bright guy, had a religious awakening, Hmm. and he got so excited about this, he said, I can't wait for school to be over. I need to be out preaching the gospel now. We kept telling him, no, you're supposed to be here. Hmm. You're not ready to preach the gospel. You need to be here learning so that when you go out, you'll have the skills and, and the uh, the education that you need. He would not listen to us, and he left school. Hmm. And he started off preaching the gospel, but it would, did not take long for him to run into trouble. Hmm. He ran into trouble in a hurry because he did not have the skills. He did not have the experience. He did not have the education that he needed, and he burned out, and eventually he was out of ministry, whereas less talented men who remained in school and got their training are still in ministry today and still effective for the Lord. I think that what he needed to learn was to be patient during those in-between times. You know, it's so hard. It's so hard. I I have to acknowledge that I struggle with those in-between times. Um, uh, One time this this lady preached a sermon called Between Anointing and Appointing, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was directed to women in ministry, and and many of them are, they feel uh, anointed by God for, Mm -hmm. for ministry, but they haven't been found an appointment or it hasn't come. And that uneasiness of being in between, uh, you know, sometimes makes you second guess your calling. Sometimes it makes you say, well, maybe I, I just misread, right. you know. And I can imagine David going back to Samuel and say, are you sure that that was oil, yeah. what, you, <laughs> what you had in, in the horn there? Because mm-hmm. actually it doesn't look like anything like the kingdom, like I right. imagined it to be, you know. When you, when you have a dream that you think God has given to you and you think that he's called you to do something, and you've got plans and expectations for your life, for your ministry, for the future, for your family, and it doesn't seem to be taking place, then it's it's a hard thing to wait Mm -hmm. and to learn what God has for you right here, right now. And we find that in David's life, he'd been anointed, but now in between the anointing and the appointing as being king, he runs into a whole world of trouble. Yes, and it's hard when you are in that time, and we're going to have several programs on this coming up, the suffering and the training that you're receiving during that meanwhile or, or the meantime mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it um, is actually preparing you for the appointment, but it's hard to see at that moment. And, you know, so far in the life of David, we have all these victories. You know, yeah. we in chapter 17, we First uh, Samuel, we ended up with this David that is triumphant and, and kills Goliath. And it's like, okay, well, this is going to be a nice life, isn't yeah. it? And then we get to the next chapter, and Saul turns against David. And he turns out of jealousy. Uh, He sees the anointing of God on David's life. He sees that God is blessing David wherever he turns, and he understands this great victory. But he becomes jealous, and really for no reason. Yeah, actually, I want to read uh, something here, if you don't mind. (laughs) Go right ahead. Okay, thank you. You know, there's very uh, many uh, books that we look at when we have to prepare topics, and in the life of David, there are several that we will mention, but there's one that I really love, and I have been reading this particular book for many years by Beth Moore called A Heart Like His, and it's an, an intimate reflection on the life of David. In here, at this point, it talks about how Saul was fearful of everything because, mm-hmm. 
he was not fearing God anymore, so therefore he was fearing everything else. And David, who feared the Lord, didn't fear anything else. Not even big old Goliath and the whole Philistine army. He didn't fear correct, them at all. Correct, correct. And I, I, this is the sentence she has here on page 49. You see, if a person fears God, he or she has no reason to fear anything else. On the other hand, if a person does not fear God, then fear becomes a way of life. David feared God, so he did not fear Goliath. Saul did not fear God, thus he feared the opinion of others, the enemy, and even a loyal young boy who played the harp. Because, you know, you lose perspective and you start fearing what other people are going to think. You start fearing that, in this case, the kingdom is going to be away from his hands. He's just fearing. He becomes a fearful person. Even fearing your allies and you do some negative interpretations, they do and say things that are actually in support. You view them the other way because you are indeed a fearful person. It, It happens whenever you stop that relationship with God and trusting Him. Yeah, and many times in between periods, Mm-hmm. Our perspective is tested. Yeah, we're waiting. Yeah, because we're waiting and things are not going our way. And so we are started wondering, you know, uh, what's coming up? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we start what ifing is called in psychology. Mm-hmm. What if this wasn't real? <laughs> and what if this doesn't turn out right? And right. what if God doesn't come to my aid? Right. What ifing, you know? And during those times, it is easy to get into that, that mode. Let's take a look at when this started in um, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 6. It happened as they were coming. This is after the, the great victory over Goliath, by the way. When David returned from killing the Palestine, that the women came out of the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. The women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Now, notice that it says that the women came out to meet King Saul. So, yes. they're doing this wonderful celebration for the king as well. This is not just for David. No. And verse 8 tells us that Saul became angry with their song. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because if you read Hebrew poetry, you'll see that they use what is called parallelism. You see that all the time in the Psalms Mm -hmm. and and even in the Proverbs. Yes, so you have, in this case, you know, we have Saul killed thousands, and then in order to make it rhyme Mm -hmm. (laughs) in in Hebrew, they will work with another number, and they're not going to repeat the same number. So, they say, and David, 10,000. Yeah, and basically, it's it's stating one thing twice in two different ways in order to make the point. Correct. That's, That's Hebrew poetry. Yeah, but Saul cannot read it like that because he has become fearful, his perspective is distorted, and he answers on verse 8 saying, they ascribe to David 10,000. Uh, and they have ascribed to me thousands. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? It's, mm-hmm. it, I mean, from a song, he gets this paranoia. And it was literature, is poetry. Mm-hmm. And he's read into it more than what existed there. He is paranoid. And Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. So, even this close ally, this young man who had come to his rescue and had won this great victory for Israel, it's obvious that God's anointing is on him. Saul now is suspicious of the man who's going to be loyal to him. And we find this throughout David's life. He's still loyal to Saul, even in the worst of times. Yes, and here he starts into the down spiral. I mean, it's like a reinforcing loop the wrong way. And first, you know, he's suspicious. Mm -hmm. Then he tries to kill him because on verse 10, you know, David is playing the harp and Saul will will throw a spear at him. Let's read that right now. It says, now it came about on the next day that an evil spirit from God came mightily upon Saul And he raved in the midst of the house while David was playing the harp with his hand, as usual, and a spear was in Saul's hand. By the way, I want to say something about that evil spear from God, because a lot of people might be thinking, what is this? Yeah, God sent the spirit. Yeah, yeah. In the Old Testament, actually, there is a 
this notion all over that God was even in charge of the evil spirits, mm-hmm. that if an evil spirit came, a God in some way had, had allowed it, had not prevented from not pre- coming, yeah. either for testing or mm-hmm. for uh, exposing something or for the glory of God or for whatever it may mm-hmm. be. So it simply uh, means that God had not prevented this evil spirit from coming. But if you see here, the soul had actually decided to go away from God, right. and this is what's happening to God him. God is often described in the Old Testament as actively doing that which he passively permits. Correct. And so, this is another example wow, of that. Wow, I am impressed with your English. But, of course, you're well, a Texan and I'm not, so I don't true. even know how to say those things. That's where I learned to talk real good, hon. <laughs> Verse 11, Saul hurled a spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall, but David escaped from his presence twice. So, twice this happened. He's trying to kill David, even though David is an ally. And if this wasn't enough, we have a third thing that happens. Uh, eventually, Saul thinks of giving him his uh, daughter, Michael, who is in love with David, right. says verse 20, but with a, an ulterior motive. I Verse 21, I will give her to him that she may become a snare to him. Yeah. <laughs> to him, it's like, okay, I can't get him with my jealousy. I can't uh, pin this, this yeah. boy to the wall. Then I'm just going to take uh, my daughter and give mm-hmm. us a wife, and then she will be a snare to him. She, she'll obviously be loyal to me, and I'll have control over him in, yes, in this Yes, and way. this gets even worse. I mean, he says, okay, David, we want I want a dowry of uh, 200 foreskins of the Philistines. So you're going to have to kill 200 men and bring me their foreskins, and I will know, then I'll give you the wife. Mm-hmm. But it says here that he was hoping that he would get killed in that battle. Right. Actually, uh, the truth is that Saul asked for 100 foreskins, and, and David brought him 200. He, he gave him twice as much as he asked for. Yeah. <laughs> Saul was asking for this in order that David not might be killed, and, and David went out in the power of the Lord, brought 200 evidence of the killing of 200 men, and said, yes. all right, I'm ready to take your daughter now. Yeah, and so you see this uh, reinforcing loop where Saul is going down because his perspective is becoming a giant. And many times our feelings come to a place where they dominate us. And it's, and the end here says, uh, verse 29, Saul was David's enemy mm-hmm. continually. And on chapter 19, verse 1, uh, he simply orders his death, one yeah. and for all. I Ask mean, his son him. Jonathan, who is a dear friend of David's, to kill him. So he becomes this perpetual enemy of David, even though David has done him no harm, mm-hmm. and he's been totally loyal to Saul, but yet Saul now views him as an enemy. Yes, in-between times are difficult because in this case, God is working things inside of David, perfecting him for what's coming. We see in-between times in every character in the Bible that God used powerfully, even in Jesus, Mm -hmm. from the moment where he is anointed by the Spirit publicly, and then he has to go to the cross, and and all the the spitting and the mocking, and Hebrews tells us that he was perfected in his suffering because he accomplished that, what he came to do. So, and we all go through in-between times. Right, and that's what that's what this is for David. It's a time of waiting and learning to trust in God's power. Moses went through it with 40 years in the wilderness tending sheep. David's going through it now as he's waiting, being persecuted by Saul. I don't know what in-between time means for you today, mm. but I've got a feeling that you may be there, and if you're not there now, you've been there. Yes, and actually the Bible says, uh, humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and in due time, He will exalt you, because the truth is, God does deliver. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free.